Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the Lord's appearance to Solomon as we pick up in 1 Kings chapter 9, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. 1 Kings chapter 9. At the beginning of Solomon's reign, the Lord appeared to him while he was in Gibeah, there offering sacrifices unto God. And the Lord basically said to Solomon, Ask me whatever you want. And so Solomon asked that the Lord would give him wisdom and understanding that he might govern over this glorious people of God. And God was pleased with the request that Solomon made because he didn't ask for riches, for the life of his enemies, or for fame. The Lord said, because you have asked that you might just have wisdom and understanding, I'm going to give you what you have asked. But I'm going to give you even more than that. I'm going to give you honor and fame and riches and all in abundance. So as we get to the ninth chapter, we find the Lord appearing to Solomon the second time. Solomon has now completed the temple, which took him seven years to build, and he has also completed his own palace, which took him 13 years to build. So the 20-year building project is over, and the Lord now is appearing to Solomon, who has, of course, gained in fame and stature and notoriety through the world for his marvelous wisdom and the the glories of the kingdom that he has established. And so when he was finished the building, the Lord came to him the second time, even as he appeared to him in Gibeon. And the Lord said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and thy supplication which you have made before me. And I have hallowed this house which you have built, to put my name there forever, and my eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. Now the Lord is referring to the prayer of dedication of Solomon that we uh, studied last week in the eighth chapter. After he finished the temple, he prayed this glorious prayer of dedication as he asked the Lord to keep his eye upon this house continually. And if the people would get into trouble if there would be plagues in the land, if there would be a war, if they were taken captive, whatever, and if the people would pray and seek the Lord in this house, that the Lord would hear and answer and meet their needs. And so the Lord answers Solomon concerning the prayer of dedication, and he acknowledges the fact that he has heard his prayer. And the Lord said, if you will walk, Before me, as David your father walked in the integrity of heart and uprightness, to do according to all that I have commanded thee, and you will keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom upon Israel forever, as I promised to David your father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man upon the throne of Israel. Again, I would like to point out the fact that it is a conditional promise. If Thou wilt walk before me as David your father did. Then I will establish the throne forever. 
It was a conditional promise of God which they failed to keep the condition. Thus, God was not obligated to keep the promise. Now, as I pointed out, the group known as British Israelites, those who tried to identify the Anglo-Saxon races as uh, the ten lost tribes of Israel, they make a big point that God made a perpetual covenant with David that there would never cease one from his family sitting upon the throne, and it is their premise that the Queen of England is a direct descendant of David because God kept his promise and that Jeremiah had slipped out of Israel at the time of the Babylonian captivity, took one of the princes to Egypt and uh, then later went to England and established a colony there in England and that the Anglo-Saxon people are in reality a part of the ten lost tribes of Israel. And they uh, have a lot of, you know, things that they go through to try to prove their points. But God's promise to Solomon was a conditional promise, the conditions which, of course, Solomon failed to keep. The Lord said, but if, and here again, if ye shall turn from following me or your children and will not keep my commandments and my statutes, which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them. Then will I cut off Israel out of the land which I have given them, and this house which I have hallowed for my name. Will I cast out of my sight, and Israel shall be a proverb and a byword among the people. And at this house, which is high, everyone that passeth by it shall be astonished, and shall hiss, and they'll say, Why hath the Lord done this unto the land and to this house? And they shall answer, Because they forsook the Lord their God, who brought forth their fathers out of the land of Egypt, and they have worshipped them and served them. Therefore hath the Lord brought upon them this evil. So the conditional promise, if you'll obey me, if you'll follow me, then there'll never cease one from your family sitting upon the throne. But... If you or your children forsake me, then Israel will be actually cut out of the land. So because they did forsake the Lord, they were cut out of the land. And uh, God kept his word that he gave to Solomon. Now, I would like to just point out one thing at this point, and that is a lot of times there come warnings from the Lord to us by various means. And quite often when God speaks to us, we think, oh, that's not necessary to talk to me about that, Lord. You know, that's one area where I just don't have any problems. But let me suggest whenever God speaks to you about any area of your life, you listen carefully because God doesn't waste words. And if he talks to you about some issue in your life, you can be sure that's the issue where you're going to be facing problems down the road. Now, I'm sure that here is Solomon. He has just dedicated the temple. It's been a very moving experience. They've had all kinds of sacrifices. Everybody is rejoicing and worshiping the Lord, praising Jehovah, and just it's, it's a glorious time of worship and exaltation. And now the Lord comes as, as Solomon is there and has prayed, and now the Lord is speaking, and the Lord says, Solomon, 
if you will follow me and all, then I will establish your throne. But if you forsake me and you start to worship other gods, and I'm sure at this point Solomon's saying, oh, Lord, that's, you don't need to tell me about that. Oh, Lord, how could I ever do that, you know? And yet is, is the very thing. And all the way through the scripture, it is interesting how that the Lord always seems to warn people in those areas where they are going to be tested and tried further down the road. So pay attention when God speaks to you, no matter how remote it may seem at that minute that you would ever be tempted or have problems in that area, no matter how confident you may be in that particular area, if God starts to talk to you about some particular area of your life, you be careful and listen. The Bible says, take heed when you think you stand, lest you fall. For you see, where I am confident, and I think, well, I've got that wired, I don't have to worry about this area, is an area where I'm prone to trust in myself. I'm prone to be self-reliant in those areas because I think, well, that's, that's something that I really am strong in that area. Paul said, when I am strong, then I am weak. And I will glory in my weaknesses that the power of God might be revealed in me. So usually Satan will not trip us up in our weak points because in those points, we know that we have to depend upon the Lord. It's quite often a person falls in that area where he has great confidence. He feels very strong and very confident in this particular area, and that is the area where Satan so often trips us up. So listen when God talks to you, no matter how it may seem unnecessary to you at the particular moment, the Lord knows what he's talking about. Now, it came to pass after the time that he had built all of the house and so forth, that Hiram the king of Tyre had furnished him with all of the cedar trees and with gold according to all of his desire. And so Solomon gave to him 20 cities of the area of the upper Galilee and around the Sea of Galilee. He gave to, as, as just sort of a gift, 20 cities in that beautiful area uh, of the Galilee, in the upper Galilee. And Hiram came and looked at the cities and, and he was displeased with them. Now, I don't understand why it's such a beautiful area. And yet, Hiram was displeased with the cities that Solomon gave to him. And he says, what are these cities that you've given to me, my brother? And he called them Kabul, or displeasing. It's that's nah, Kabul. It's, it's not pleasing. So uh, Hiram sent to the king 60 talents of gold, and uh, this is the reason of the levy which King Solomon raised to build the house of the Lord in his own house. The wall of Jerusalem, he built the cities of Hazar, Milo, Megiddo, Gezer, for his father-in-law actually to give him a present, sent his troops up, captured Gezer, and then gave it to Solomon as a present. And it tells of the, land, the, the cities that uh, Solomon established and built. The cities to store all of his goods, uh, the horses, the chariots, and all. Remember, he had 40,000 horses. 
And so he made slaves of all of the remnant of the people who lived in the land before the children of Israel came in. But of the Israelites, he did not make slaves. And so Solomon then built the Pharaoh's daughter a special city. She evidently didn't care too much for Jerusalem, so he built a city for her, the city of Milo. And uh, three times in the year, that would be the great feast days, Solomon offered burnt offerings and peace offerings on the altar which he built before the Lord. And Solomon developed a navy, and he sort of based the navy down in the area of Elat. And the navy would head on down to Africa where they would collect gold and bring it back. And, and Solomon made gold as just everything around Israel. It became just a, the golden capital of the world. Silver, it says, was as common as rocks. He didn't really put much value into silver. Uh, he really had a thing for gold, and so uh, he gathered gold from all over and brought it into the land. Now, the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, and so she came to Jerusalem with a very great company of people, camels, spices, a lot of gold and precious stones. And as she came to Solomon, she communed everything that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all of the questions that she asked. Not anything hid from the king that he did not tell her. And the queen of Sheba had seen all of Solomon's wisdom, the house that he had built, the meat at his table. And we remember the meat of his table. It's fantastic how much food it took for every day to feed Solomon's uh, household and all. One day's provision, 300 bushels of fine flour, 600 bushels of meal, 10 fat oxen, 20 oxen out of the pastures, or 10 choice grade and 20 commercial grade beef, 100 sheep beside the hearts, roebucks, fallow deer, and fatted fowl. That was every day. And uh, so when the queen of Sheba saw this whole thing, the servants, the sitting of his table, the, no doubt everything of gold on his table, gold plates, gold cups, and she saw the whole thing, you know, and, and the way they would bear his cup to him, the way he would ascend to the house of God and the whole thing. Man, she was just wiped out. And it said that there was no more spirit in her. She just, wow. And, and she said to the king, it was a true report that I heard in my own land of your acts and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and I saw it with my own eyes. And behold, they didn't tell me half of the truth, half of all that is here of your wisdom and prosperity. It exceeds even the fame which I heard. Happy are your men. Happy are these thy servants which stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in thee to set thee on the throne of Israel, because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore he made thee king to do judgment and justice. So interesting, she sees the whole thing, 
And she, she says, hey, they didn't tell me. I didn't believe it when they told me of all that was here. But, hey, they didn't even tell me half the story. It's fantastic. Oh, blessed and happy are the people who can just sit here and listen to your wisdom and all. And then, blessed be the Lord thy God. Now, no doubt at this point in his life, Solomon was still walking with the Lord and honoring God because she saw the way he ascended into the place of worship and all. And, and he was still right on. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that when they see your good works, they will glorify your Father which is in heaven. And evidently Solomon was, was doing it because as she sees the whole thing, she actually praises God. Blessed be God. Uh, the, he was just really at this point in his life right on. But unfortunately, his disobedience to God caused a lapse uh, in his worship and in his dedication to God later on. Now, he also developed another navy to ply the waters of the Mediterranean. Uh, the first navy was down in the area of the Persian Gulf and all, and would go down to Africa on the east coast of Africa, the Ivory Coast. And the other navy uh, went out uh, to the Mediterranean and covered the area of the Mediterranean going as far as England and bringing back peacocks and, and gold and rare trees and so forth. And so Solomon actually just had all of this glory and wealth and all that was coming in. Now, the weight of gold that came to Solomon in one year was 666 talents of gold. Interesting number. Beside that, he had all of the spices that the merchants brought from the kings of Arabia. And he made 200 and targets of beaten gold. 600 shekels of gold went into one target. He made 300 shields of beaten gold. Three pounds of gold went into each shield. Can you imagine that? 300 shields of gold, three pounds each. Boy, at today's market prices. And then he made this fantastic throne, six steps leading up to the throne. He made it of ivory and overlaid it with gold, uh, with two lions that were carved there beside it. His drinking vessels were all of gold. Nothing was silver, for silver was accounted as nothing in Solomon's days. The king had the navy for Tarshish and the other one for Africa and great riches, and it tells of all the glory and so forth of Solomon. Verse 28, And Solomon had horses brought out of Egypt, linen yarn. The king's merchants received yarn for a price. Chapter 11, But King Solomon loved many strange women, together with the daughters of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonites, and Hittites. Now, turn back for a moment to Deuteronomy chapter 17, beginning with verse 14. Here under the law, 
400 years before the time of David, before the time of Solomon, God foresaw that the day would come when the people would demand a king. And so even in the law, God gave certain commandments for the kings. When you are come into the land which the Lord thy God gives you, thou shalt possess and shall possess it, and you're dwelling there, and you will say, I will set a king over me like all the nations that are about me. Thou shalt in any wise set him king over thee, whom the Lord thy God shall choose. One from among your brothers shall you set as the king, that you may not set a stranger over thee. But he shall not multiply horses to himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt to the end that he should multiply horses. For as much as the Lord has said unto you, ye shall henceforth return no more that way. Neither shall he multiply wives to himself. Why? That his heart turn not away, neither shall he greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. And it shall be when he sits on the throne of his kingdom that he shall write a copy of the law of the book which is before the priest of the Levite. continue with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of 1 Kings on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order 1 Kings 9-11 through when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and bless and keep you in his love through the power of his Holy Spirit as you are enriched in your walk with Jesus Christ day by day as he ministers to you his strength, his power. And may you begin to experience more and more in your own life that power of God's love transforming you and changing you and making you into his image by his Spirit which dwells within you, in Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Undoubtedly, one of the most glaring signs that our society is in trouble is the breakdown of the family unit. Marriages just aren't making it today, and kids are suffering as they watch the breakup of their homes. Those marriages still holding together are often plagued by conflict and turmoil, making the home a battleground instead of a refuge. That's why The Word for Today would like to present Pastor Chuck Smith's Marriage and Family MP3, 
where Pastor Chuck discusses basic biblical principles to keep a family's love alive. Each member of the family has a different set of needs and responsibilities. And when you know and apply God's principles, everyone in the family can experience real peace, real joy, and an agape love. To order your copy of the Marriage and Family MP3 by Chuck Smith, call The Word for Today at 800-272-WORD or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.